Hi, Wes. It's good to be back with you for another episode of Coffee Pods. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Been a busy uh, sort of weekend, but uh, yeah, all ready to go. Fantastic. And those of you joining us, a very warm welcome from both Wes and myself. Uh, My name is Lisa, and uh, we're going to be doing another Coffee Pod episode today where we're looking at why me? So when we ask why me, we're thinking about um, why have I got this illness? Um, Why has this happened to me? That sort of why me question. Um, And so Wes, I thought it'd be just helpful to pull this apart because last time we looked at the big how, you gave us some really good practical steps we could take Um, in relation to finding healing ourselves and the reason this question kind of came out because I was thinking well what if I am doing those things Mm. you know what what if I am seeking the Lord and um, you know listening to him and asking for the Holy Spirit but I'm still not well for example and so that's really what inspired this question so I wondered Mm. if you could just yeah help us out a little bit with it yeah I mean it's great Question, isn't it? Because, I mean, if you look through some of the healing stories in the Bible, some of the people were clearly ill for quite some time before they actually encountered Jesus. And, yeah. you know, it's an interesting thing. We, we often only see the stories in the snapshot of that moment. But, I mean, a woman there had been ill for 19 years, 12 years, guy all his life, you know, and so, so whatever. I think, I think it prompts the question, Lisa, about the randomness of evil. Because people often think, well, you know, there's got to be some logic behind this. And I, I think the thing that that sickness like this and, and the, in a sense, if you like, the evil that's rooted behind it, the thing that it does to us, mm. it actually, um, it challenges the way that we think the world should be. You know, I, I thought the world was this way, that this is what happened. It's, it, I, I, sometimes in the church, I'd I think some people believe in the sort of the Disneyfication of Christianity. You know, there's always music at the end and, and whatever. And for, for many, life is is not like that uh, at all. Um, and so in a sense, it challenges the fact that is, is God in control? Is the world ordered? You know, it, does night follow day? And, 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 and of course, we're not the only people who've ever wor- thought about that. You just read through the Psalms, you know, yeah. like, God, where the heck are you? Yeah. you know, that's a Hebrew word, by the way. Um, and, you know, so so this this whole thing. So it, it says, you know, the, the problem with evil is it it, it, it makes us feel isolated and, and abandoned and vulnerable because we think there doesn't appear to be anything really there helping me right now. Um, it sort of says, am I defenceless? you know and 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 helpless i mean what you know all of these things and that's what i mean as you look even at the stuff that's going around the world now east africa ukraine and stuff and it makes you say what on earth is going on and of course the big question that you then ask is where is god yeah in all of this you know yeah and also i think it can start proposing further questions because we want to try and gain an understanding of why something might be happening, which is natural, isn't it, for us to do that. And I suppose, you know, like something could that we could end up asking ourselves is whether we deserve what has happened. You know, is it something I've done in the past or the present? Yeah. Yeah. And and in fact, it's funny, isn't it? it? I call it I call it the sound of music factor. You know that you know somewhere in my my sort of misspent miserable youth, I must have 
been there must have been a moment of truth you know yeah. uh, and and of course it it's like um it's like karma <laughs> yeah I mean, and even even christians think like that you know well i must have done something to d- to deserve this um and i think that the challenge is that even within that whole thing you know um yes i i know there is something about reaping and sowing but actually that's not actually what god is really talking about in 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 that context Mm. because if evil is random if stuff happens if we're living in a world that is chaos both molecular and spiritual and relational and, and all of that then there are things that are going wrong and quirky all the time and and actually sometimes life just happens and it's not god um, with two lists like Santa Claus, you know, a good list and a bad list. And actually, if your bad list t- gets over a certain level, then something bad happens to you because God isn't isn't like that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I find Christians and I understand why we do it, but I find them wanting to find a reason why God might have done this when actually you want to say, just just say I mean, for instance, just say there isn't a God, okay, okay. and this happened. Mm. What would you be saying now? Mm. You know, would you be would you be looking for someone to blame for what happened to you if if you knew there wasn't a God? And the answer is no, you wouldn't. But the fact that there is, yeah. we try and find a way of explaining this. And I think one of the things that that you know, uh, John nine, the, the man born blind, the disciples asked exactly the same question. Whose fault is this? Yeah. And and Jesus sort of said, nobody's fault. This happens. But since it has happened and we're here, let's do the works of God. So I think in a sense, um, you know, people will say God is bringing this on you because, you know, yeah. when you were 11, you stole a Mars bar from a shop. And now this is payback for you, you know. And, and of course, that was partly sort of a bit of medieval church theology as well. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose then that also links to the next one I was going to ask about, which is that like God's doing this to teach you a lesson type oh, thing. Man. And that, oh. I mean, I've heard that a lot. You've probably heard it an awful lot just in the Christian healing ministry. It, I know I know that God never wastes an opportunity. Yeah. And I know that in the midst of of the the rubbish of life, right? God is redemptive by nature. So he's going to take he's going to take the baddest thing and he's going to say fine, well I'm not going to leave it like this. We're going to do something with this. Mm. And and out of that we learn. I understand that and I accept that. Mm. But actually the idea that God would give a three-year-old child um, terminal cancer in order to teach that child or its parents a lesson mm. is, uh, to my mind, is actually heresy. It, it, it just takes who God is, who Jesus reveals God is, yeah. and it completely distorts it. And I think part of that is also in, in itself an evil stream that comes alongside that, that distorts the image of God. I say to people, when you say that, you make God less human than you yeah, are. Yeah. Because I would never have done that to any of my kids. No. You know, and when they when they fell over, that was like the end of the world and you wanted to fix everything. And so how how can we make God the one who says, I'm going to do this to you. Now, I was in a conference just literally this last week, last week, and I was talking about this and a, and a guy sort of interrupted the flow of, of it all. and said, yes, but what about? And he cited 
um, some of the characters in Christian, in, you know, people who've had terrible accidents ended up in wheelchairs and whatever, right. and and have said, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't want life to be any other way and and whatever. And and I would always respect that absolutely. Mm. But I think it is a misrepresentation misrepresentation of God mm. to say that He caused that. Yeah. I think he's redeeming it, but I don't think he caused it to teach you a lesson. And shall I tell you why, Lisa? Because God's got a whole better way of teaching you lessons yeah. than that one. Yeah, definitely. And as you say, that that is not who we know God to be. That's not within his character. No. So it, it does very much feel like a man-made theology or, or thought. Yeah, yeah, and I understand why we do it, because we, we're really grasp, grasping for... Um, meaning and understanding and and the thing that we don't want to say is that there is a reality that is so counter to God that it's like a warfare going on and sometimes the bad wins and sometimes the the good wins Mm -hmm. but actually I would say that's biblical theology actually it, it is like that which is why Jesus comes to die on the cross to make the final decisive intervention, which we're in the process of wrapping up, you know, Um, but actually there is, there is this conflict. There is this battle and humanity is the thing that that fights over. And I think if we could just accept that, Mm. then actually we can come back to the fact that every evil in the world, God is working to, to, to bring some redemption out of it, just Mm. like the cross. Yeah, absolutely. And I I suppose that also, can influence the thought that um, God wouldn't lift a finger to help you. So if if God will use a situation like that to get your attention or to teach you something, he also won't help you. I Also, I suppose you could just believe that God won't help you anyway, completely unrelated to the last point. Um, but what are your thoughts if somebody was to think that God's not going to help? Well, I mean, it is true. I mean, C.S. Lewis says that in joy, God whispers, in pain, God shouts. And, and I think our senses are in tuned when we are, um, you know, in, in, in pain and, and in moments of, of suffering or whatever. And, you know, things become a whole lot clearer and, and, the, and, and the stuff that isn't really important life gets lost somewhere else. Mm. I mean, for everybody who's gone through COVID and for all those who have lost loved ones through this pandemic, mm. you know, the things that were important that before that happened aren't really important anymore. Yeah. You know, it, it does refocus life. And I accept that absolutely. But I think if you come back to what is called a Christocentric hermeneutic, a Bible center, a Jesus centered interpretation of the Bible. If you come to if Jesus is the lens through which we look at God. Mm. OK, then every time you see Jesus, what's he doing? Well, he's seeking to intervene in human life. He's body, mind and spirit. He's rescuing. He's redeeming. And he comes and says what he says to 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 the subs and what he says to to us listening on this coffee pod today. If you if you've seen me, you've seen the father. If you've seen what I'm like, that's what God's like. That's what the father's like. He's always been like that. And so, Mike, when people say, you know, why would God help me or God won't lift a finger to help me? I'm on my own. Um, I what I say is that that sort of runs completely contrary to the character of god what we know him to be like yeah. i mean he's always there always, you know he's, he's trying to he's trying to get hold of us and say come on come on you know let let me in let me intervene um 
I think it's contrary to the revelation of who Jesus is. Just read. Mm. I say to people, just read Luke's Gospels, read the stories. And they're not stories of history. They're stories of reality. Yeah. You know, they're now stories. They're your story right now. Um, I think also, to be honest, it's, it runs contrary to the, the whole idea of creation. Because when you look at it, God made the whole thing good. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it got corrupted. And from that moment, he got corrupted. He was bringing it back to make it good. So that when we get to the end, it's completely good again. You want to say, hello, there's a, there's a little, <laughs> little story within that. So I think, in a sense, there are um, there are big questions in it. But I don't think it's ever because um, God doesn't want to help you. I don't think it's because God is punishing you. And neither do I think that God is taking pleasure in trying to teach you a lesson that you should have known before. I don't think it's anything like that. And there are things that we can can do to, you know, to keep that refocused. Yeah, what could some of those things be? Have you got any practical? Um, well, I, I would say, um, I, I would say put yourself in a place where you are, you are with and and maybe in a worshiping community and and you know but that you're with people who are looking to god for more mm. of his life not just to say well let's put up with it and be happy yeah and that was very much the sort of the the, the post-war generation of well this is your life you just got to put up with it you know um and 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 actually i i i think if we put ourselves with people who are looking to god people of, of faith and um, i think if you um one of the lessons i've learned is that religion won't give it to you yeah it has to be connected to the life of god um i i say you know people read put yourself in the place where of of the stories where the people who've experienced this before whether in the gospels or even through church history just read their stories and let it fuel some of your faith um and 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 put yourself with people who when they pray they are connecting you to the life of God mm. and 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 in their prayers they're not just talking about God they're talking to God yeah you know and there's that that sense of um yeah we talked about last time about being in a place of worship and being the presence of God do you know Lisa church should always be like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it should, be a- it should. It, you know, we've made church a place of education, telling you what you should do and what you should be. Whereas actually church was supposed to be a place of encounter where we met the presence of Jesus. And I would say if you're in one of those long term hard moments, then let others carry you in in those. Let their prayers and their faith and their connection with God. And so I would just hang around with people, be with people like that. Yeah, and I think that's wonderful as well that we see that in the Gospels, don't we, that people wanted to be where Jesus was and what yeah. he was doing because that's where the life was and that's still true today. And it's just we need to, I think we just sometimes need to get up and do it, don't we? We need to go where Jesus is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I would say, you know, I, I mean, I know that um, – I've done that in my life as well. Mary and I have done that in our lives. We've mm. we just wanted to be in the presence of God. Um, and I, I remember one, one time we were just really asking God for guidance. Mm. We just needed to know what the next step was. 
And we heard there was this church, they had celebrations and, and stuff. And so I remember on Sunday evening, after we'd been in our own church, Sunday evening, um, we would put our, we'd get our kids in their gym jams because they were all small. Yeah. And we'd wrap them up in their coats and we go and we just sit in the first part of this church service in the worship with our kids in, in their in their pajamas and stuff. Yeah. You know? And some of the teaching that went with it was quite sort of, you know, it was quite solid. It was quite tidy. Yeah. I remember saying to our little kids on the way home, did you understand any of that? And they said, oh, yeah. Oh. You know, and actually because it was about the presence of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So I would say um, be with people who are connected to the presence of Jesus. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. And I think also, and do correct me if I'm wrong, but something that I've kind of picked up through these points you've been talking about, you know, like God not giving you this illness to teach you a lesson, he will help you, um, things like that, is that this is not a personal thing God has against you. That's what I've I've really taken, like, yeah. Like, and if anything, when he's personal, it's it's love, isn't it? It's not all these other things. Um, so that's oh, been an encouragement that. uh, for me. But I suppose it'd be nice, Wes, if you would kindly pray for anyone who might be in this position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that. God hasn't got anything personal against no. you. <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you that everything about you is personal for us in love mm. and in your presence. And Lord, I pray even now, Lord, in this podcast, Lord, I ask today, Lord, for those who today is a moment when the presence of Jesus breaks out. Lord, whether, wherever they are right now, in home, Lord, even in hospital, travelling, Lord, whatever it is. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I speak the release of your healing and your power in them and toward them. Father, I pray today that they would know the presence of Jesus, Lord, invade their space right now personally. Lord, just come near to them now, Lord, please. In the name of Jesus, I ask. And I say in his name, on his behalf, I say, let healing come to you. I release the gift of your healing to you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Wes. This has been a really good conversation and we look forward to catching you guys at our next episode of Coffee Bods. Bye bye.